I'm Stuart Preston, and this is the Stoned Ape Reports, where I have conversations with those who have changed their lives with the power of psychedelics. Quick announcement, I now have a book out titled The Grief Trip, How I Learned to Heal with Grief and Psychedelics. You can find it at www.thegrieftrip.com. 100% of proceeds go to the Ian Preston Memorial Fund to help support mental health and suicide prevention. Okay, back to the podcast. In this episode, I had the honor of speaking with filmmaker Mitch Schultz, who brought us the legendary documentary, DMT, The Spirit Molecule. Now he's back and working on the sequel, DMT, The Conscious Molecule. He shared his thoughts on consciousness, DMT, and his own psychedelic experiences. So let's hear from Mitch Schultz. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming here on the, the Stone Dave Reports. I'm honored to have you here. Obviously, everybody knows you know, about your first film, DMT, The Spirit Molecule. And so um, very excited for what's coming from you next. But first of all, just thanks for coming and doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me on. It's, it's an honor to be here and uh, be back out in the world chatting a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. I hear you. <laughs> so um, I guess I want to start off with, you know, this podcast, as we talked a little bit about already, is really kind of about, you know, transformation healing even using using psychedelics and things that go on so i was wondering if you wouldn't be willing to kind of share your story of sure. you know i don't know if it's trauma lost whatever's going on and, and how dmt and maybe other other psychedelics have, have helped you with that journey sure <clears throat> um kind of a large overview of my life um i had had a lot of compounding traumas in my life and you know, mm. some of that was was physical accidents, some of it was parents' divorce and, and struggles with that, um, the sexual abuse, um, mm. then started drug, you know, using drugs probably around 14 years old, mm. and not in a very smart way, and it was, uh, was pretty reckless, and I was just trying to understand myself and what was going on in all this chaos, and I had no way of interpreting that. Um, I feel like I was lucky to have psychedelics early on in my life and kind of mm. get a sense of what that spaces or those spaces, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had some insights. It's like, okay, I remember this being magical and mystical and, and wonderful <clears throat> early on in, in high school, um, but then kind of fell into to harder stuff and was, you know, abusing a lot. And, and I think the, you know, this compounding nature of a lot of these things just kept the same behavior patterns going over time. And I think the biggest thing to kind of top that off um, was the, the loss of my brother a decade ago to an opiate overdose. And, mm. um, you know, thinking throughout the different experiences in my life that have been, that have been challenging, I thought I'd gone through a lot. That was, that was the biggest one. It was the hardest thing that I've ever had to <clears throat> face, I think. Uh, it was interesting that it, when that happened, they, uh, my response for a year was not to touch anything really alcohol uh psychedelics even and it was it was some it was something that was telling me just to feel um mm. to feel what this emotion was and, and what what was going on and try to understand it from purely kind of emotional and also physical sense without trying to dampen it with anything yeah um at the same time you know i had put out the film and a little bit of you know about 10 years of research even prior to that uh, about psychedelics and I'd use them to to start having a more intentional focus um, while I was putting the film together and kind of found them in, into my late 30s or mid 30s, I guess, again, and found 
a lot about myself, uh, which ultimately I think is what we're doing as we go through our lives. We evolve and we develop as we're learning more and we're having a broader and broader kind of perspective or outlook on our, on our life and ourselves. And, um, <clears throat> but that, that, that loss of my brother put all of that stuff back into perspective really quick mm. and, um, took all those things that I thought I, I knew again, um, and threw them out the window. So it was almost like starting from scratch. Yeah. Um, but, you know, after that year and, and knowing the, the, you know, how far I had come and I, and I give psychedelics, um, probably full credit for, for saving my life and, and getting me out of suicidal thoughts and even an attempt early on in my life. So mm. to be able to kind of say, I know that there's something here um, and start to revisit that and then be able to work through these different layers of, of the trauma. It's not just all of the traumas, but that each one of those experiences has these multi-layered kind of aspects that we have to, to kind of lead out and understand and see how they tie back into us being kids and, and relationships and how we love and how we love ourselves. And, uh, you know, ultimately I think it's a never ending kind of story, which I, at times can feel frustrating at other times can feel absolutely beautiful and, and poetic from the universe that this is an ongoing ever learning process. And, um, to me, that's exciting. Um, that, you know, hopefully I can keep reminding myself of that, that this yeah. is, this is a, an ongoing process and there's, uh, even things that I thought I had figured out and learned and dealt with in my past that, uh, at times will still come up. So it's, it's not to say that you have to eat psychedelics every day to address that. Um, in fact, I think it's wise to <clears throat> do a lot of research, um, take into account psychiatrists and science and the people you're with and where you're going and, um, and also the integration. It's not just about the experience, but then like, how do you take those experiences and put them into something tangible in your life? Uh, yeah. How you're moving around and, and hopefully... Um, you know, in my case, celebrating my brother and letting him in some ways live on uh, through through me. Um, so, yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, I don't know if I wrapped all that up in that question you had asked in there, but it yeah, you sure did. played a huge role for me. And they've, they've taught me a lot about myself. They've helped heal trauma. And I think there's even possibilities for psychedelics to teach humans much more than uh, just healing trauma. Uh, I think yeah, it sounds like point. it. Yeah. So Yeah. This uh, this sequel, it does sound like you're you're uh, kind of going into that that next that next plane of consciousness, that next level, you know, whatever it is we we talk about. That's which I find fascinating for for me. You know, I have another podcast that you know I don't record any new episodes, but it went two or three years called the Consciousness Podcast, and so the uh, looking into human consciousness and trying to understand it and. You talk to people you have near-death experiences and things like that. And, and every time they do, I kind of think, sounds almost like DMT. You know, it sounds like there's <laughs> something something involved there. So so what kind of inspired you then to to come back after all this time and, and, and make a, a sequel to that amazing film? Well, I'll give a lot of credit to my producer for saying, hey, it's been about a decade. It's time for a new story. A lot's happened. <laughs> Let's go do it. Uh, so thanks, Andrew, yeah, for getting me off. Um, I think there's been a, almost an entire lifetime of, of things that have led to this. Um, obviously, there's the psychedelic side and my rediscovery of psychedelics and that healing. But you just mentioned people having out-of-body experiences and kind of um, 
other altered states without having entheogens be part of that. <clears throat> and I had a lot of those experiences when I was when I was young, way before I touched psychedelics. That hmm. some would say mystical or even alien at times, um, angelic. Um, there were beings. There were loss of time, out of body, all sorts of different things. And I learned that I needed to shut up about those early on because parents were concerned, and I'd go to the doctor or. Oh yeah. Um, you know, people look at you a little differently when you start talking about some of these things, uh, particularly of your age. And so I just learned how to kind of clamp that down. But with my first DMT experience, one of the most amazing things about it was that all of that past guilt, shame, uh, worry about those experiences, although I knew they were deeply profound and impacted me in some, some amazing ways, made complete sense. Um, and so hmm. there was a commonality within that DMT experience that was timeless, that was um universal and, and really kind of unitive consciousness if you will and they tied into the other experiences that i had been having that i think led me into psychedelics and so after we released the dmt film and i started to try to understand you know myself a little bit more and how i've developed and how i've changed and who i was and who i am and who i'm becoming and all of those things consciousness is that kind of base thing that we leave out of all the equations. So, you know, it's yeah. everything that we're doing and seeing and talking about is all perceived through human consciousness, which we don't know anything about or consciousness in general, but let's just, we'll, we'll keep it at the human consciousness level for now. Right. Um, <clears throat> and throughout different research and poking around and starting to see a lot of other disciplines pointing to, or, uh, you know, trying to rectify the relative states of, of science and then the quantum world and then kind of the experiential sessions of, of DMT and, and kind of out-of-body experience and mystical states, there seems to be a lot of things pointing to the entire universe being conscious, um, not only perceiving reality, but also generating that reality. And, and that got really fascinating. And so I've been looking kind of into that. Um, and some people will describe this as a simulation theory or panpsychism. Um, and, and really the idea is that the entire universe and even all the way down to very simple building blocks uh, of the entire universe are conscious. And that is this participatory um, kind of complementary kind of dance that's going on as opposed to us having, or at least perceiving having this free will. Um, and that right. became very fascinating. And then tying in DMT to that whole strand was, well, how does the universe go from a big bang all the way through to human humanity to get us here. And then this, these two or even several molecules, super psychedelic, um, you know, there's NNDMT and then 5-MeO with very different experiences. Mm -hmm. um, how does all of that story from the beginning of the universe tie into us? And then also these molecules in between that are, that are showing us other worlds, other places, um, other aspects of self or beings. Uh, and so that was really kind of the crux of it. It's this kind of long journey and kind of just ongoing curiosity of the world around me and myself um, and trying to understand past experiences from psychedelic and um, you know, mystical states that were not induced by it. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, been, uh, it's, it's been a ride. And I think a lot of this too, now just kind of coming back out as we're putting the film together is um, trying to chew on these ideas a little bit with everybody out there and in the public and podcasts and articles and just trying to throw some things out and start having this conversation a little more deeply. Outstanding. Have you, have you already started interviewing 
some of the experts in this? Or are you already in the planning stages? How far along are you? Yeah, so we're, we're, in, we're in our pre-production phase and kind of development. Um, everything's kind of lining up. We've got a pretty good list of people that we would like to interview for this. And we will have a different kind of cast of characters. Probably bring back about five to eight of the original cast members, I believe. Hmm. And, uh, and then from there, kind of expand it out. Um, hopefully beyond the psychedelic realm a little bit and bring in some quantum physicists and AI researchers, uh, philosophers, other things that will help explain what some of those experiential sessions might be. Yeah, because um, it gets really uh, from from meditation, um, psychedelic use, dream states. You know, there there seems to be, you know, a blur in, in what reality means and what consciousness mm -hmm. even is. Right. Um, do you have some notions of that? Is this purely an exploratory thing <laughs> for you, or is this something you spend time thinking about and have your own your own ideas that you are, are kind of looking to learn more about confirm or you know deny you know where where do you stand on on yeah. dmt and consciousness well i i think it's any and all of that that you just mentioned um there's a curiosity there's just this ongoing but it's also about trying to kind of pick apart a little bit and get my ideas and uh into a little bit of a focus um i think that I do think that there is a universal consciousness um, mm -hmm. that kind of all time and space exist at all the time uh, that, you know, we think about our relatives or our ancestors that are maybe past or gone. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a matter of perspective of where that individual, like it's almost a software program within the matrix, right? And wherever it is at any given point in time is perceiving itself or, I yeah. think that there's also something to it. I'm not a scientist or a quantum physicist, but even the idea of dark matter and, and understanding that there's some other physical thing that's acting or even energetic field that's that's playing with that. And most of the universe seems to be made up of it. That I think that that is actually our history and our future that we're peering back trying to see. We just can't see from our perspective and where our planet is, but in our solar system, within the galaxy, within yeah that state or that string if you will yeah and um, i think it's funny i, I see uh, you mentioned the matrix and I, I i see a lot of you know maybe this is just confirmation bias on my part but i feel like a lot of people who explore psychedelics or deep meditation or go down the the eastern philosophy path mm -hmm. and really get get deep into their own consciousness and end up tapping into what feels like a greater consciousness we we all go back and watch the matrix movie again you know what i mean you're like holy right. cow there was stuff in there that i'm suddenly relating to yeah. that went right over my head before and mm -hmm. so you're actually looking to talk to some of the people who who study this and talk about these things and, and understand these things that are around absolutely. that that kind of level of consciousness absolutely and and really hopefully maybe bringing hopefully my place is um through a lot of my experiences that i believe maybe a lot of academics may not have had. They can talk about it theoretically, mathematically, break a lot of things down, but to have the experience and be able to describe that um, in a number of ways and hopefully in a way that's at least somewhat grounded, I've had enough of these experiences throughout my life um, that they're not necessarily just alarming or kind of overwhelming that I can kind of navigate the space and, and then have some discussion with some of these folks to maybe connect some dots for some people. Um, and then I think DMT, particularly, I look at the NNDMT experience, the way people kind of describe this kind of ultra fractal, oversaturated and in information state is kind of the 
quantum code being kind of revealed to us. Um, it's like the, mm -hmm. Ferris describes it as the machine elves, but these, these energetic kind of particles being able to build up and we can pull back our curtains of normal human consciousness and, and see that. And then the, the 5-MeO state seems to be much more of that pure universal consciousness where <clears throat> you're highly aware of self, um, physical self, as well as this extra dimensional self and everything's emanating in and out of you, um, it feels yeah. like. And there's this universal kind of core piece to that as opposed to the oversaturation of just little pieces or building blocks. Um, and that's kind of the, the, the five in the O seems more like this, this whole on idea of we're just a, a small, small, tiny piece yeah. of this puzzle, you know, that, that is active and aware, but it's really only out of the universe producing us to be aware of itself that we are aware. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun space. It's a challenging space, but I think there are a lot of people that have had experiences that they're trying to wrap their heads around. And um, as our technology is changing and growing right now, the matrix seems like a great analogy in many ways it is, but I have a feeling that it's much more complex than that. And um, not as much of uh, the conspiracy side. I think that the, right. it's, even, it's even bigger than that um, and more profound than that than, than we could ever imagine. Because um, I don't think anyone on this planet really knows what's going on. <laughs> we're, we're all just coming together with what we have at any given point in time and doing our best to make a decision or, or be led to a decision in many ways. Yeah, and you get a, you get a small glimpse of it. Like you said, you know, you go into a 5-MEO experience and suddenly feel connected to every other point of energy, every other soul in this grand consciousness at the same time, be able to feel your own body. Like, okay, there's this meat suit part of this and there's this greater right. consciousness part of this, you know, what, what does that mean? It all comes from this, you know, amazing chemical, which, which this chemical as you uh, mentioned in, in some of your stuff out there is endogenous, right? It's, it's, we have this in our bodies. So you're thinking that there's probably some connection there that it's not even necessarily smoking or ingesting the external chemical in a way which gives us an amazing access, right? But you're thinking that there's some internal built-in connection or access from this endogenous DMT. I do. Um, and I'm not the one necessarily pulling these ideas. Strassman laid a lot of this out, even just yeah. as a kind of basic reality marker. You know, small little adjustments in the DMT and the endogenous levels um, can they would not have noticeable effects from your consciousness, but can on, on many different levels kind of underneath the operating system, if you will. Um, I, I also, there's this gravity element um, that, you know, if I'll switch it slightly towards, we, we don't fully quite understand what this gravity, what gravitational force is in many ways. Right. And I get a sense that gravity is consciousness falling into hmm. physical space. Um, and almost kind of like coming into that black hole or that, that oneness down into what this is here as we call physical reality. Um, we forget about all the other stuff that's going on and it's like just this limited narrow bandwidth. Uh, and that's where I think DMT could be playing a role in that. Yeah, that's interesting because you're right. You know, gravity is kind of a, an unknown thing. You know, some people theorize like a graviton like a particle mm -hmm. particles don't really you know they're they're a particle and they're a wave and they're you know a, a, a field you know maybe there's maybe there's a, a conscious atron you know this <laughs> kind of kind of the same thing that there's a, a consciousness field and a consciousness wave and a consciousness particle mm -hmm. and each of our consciousnesses 
or a collapse collapsing of that field mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. in this brain and maybe yep. maybe there's some kind of a something going on in there with the dmt that facilitates that that collapse and that connection yep that's that's kind of what i'm, I'm sensing anyways and it, there's a lot of this is through dmt experiences and being aware, taking notes of what it's like coming back into this physical space. And that's the other part about this is it's almost like a two-dimensional, uh, it's like photographs being stacked on top of one another. We perceive it as this physical 3D reality, uh, but it's almost like these plates of information that are getting laid on mm. top of each other that make us perceive it this particular way. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't know a lot of what this is, and I'm trying to understand it from a non-scientific mind, even though I've been curious and read, you know, read a lot of stuff, but it's, uh, it's still, you know, putting those words to it a lot of times, it, it's, it's challenging, it's, uh, unless you're Terrence, and then it's very easy, and you could just write it off, or Dennis. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then understanding kind of some of these, these concepts that DMT seems to be playing, for me at least, some, some role. Um, in the in the matrix of all of that, and there's the matrix again. But uh, it's not just DMT; it's kind of every molecule and every atom and and things out in the universe. It's it's this quantum effect that's just constantly in dance, in movement, and um, in reflection of itself at any given point in time. So, yes, DMT is where we're focusing, but I think it's kind of everything. Yeah. What What are you most excited about with this film? You know, what are you, what are you excited? Who are you excited to talk to? What are you excited to learn? I mean, what kind of, you know, is motivating you and exciting you to, to every day put in the work to, to do this? What, what are you hoping to get out of it? Well, I don't know if it's anything for me personally. I mean, although I could say like, I, I think the species needs a new story to mm. understand itself. I mean, a lot of the narratives that we've been using um, throughout our species are a little outdated. Um, you know, the next layer of those mythologies that have kind of been ruling this planet is, is kind of scientific understanding. And, and now those, you know, those two have been in conflict in many ways, but now it's like, all right, well, how do we take all these mythologies and amazing understandings of self and space and time within kind of mythological stories into how we understand the rational mind and how we have to you know, prove information to make it verifiable? But then what is that kind of transrational element, that knowing? I mean, once you have a psychedelic experience, there's a sense of knowing that that experience was somewhat realer than this reality or however it's stated, but it has a different resonance than, than our normal waking state. Um, and looking around the world and everybody's feeling it and seeing it, uh, it seems like all of our institutions and everybody's kind of on the edge and the pandemic and political and racial and social injustice, it just goes on and on. We seem to be kind of driving ourselves off a cliff. And um, we are a global um, species. We are no longer separated and we're interacting and Mm -hmm. we need to figure out a way to live together uh, is the bottom line. And I hope that Again, not that it's just this film, but even just having the discussion um, that people can start to understand that everything that we're doing is creating the reality that we find ourselves in. And the people that we look at as other or out there or around the world, they're us as well. I mean, it is, that's, that's kind of the level I want to bring it to is that every time we're doing something that we think or pointing out something that we think is wrong, we're really kind of pointing back to ourselves. Um, and it's... yeah. It's, it's eating us up. 
it's eaten us up around the world in many, many different ways. Um, so I'm hoping just to open the discussion to, to start really seeing where these connections are um, with us and, and humans in general, so we can kind of come to the table with a little bit less or a little bit more of an even playing field in some ways. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, you get that sense, you know, when you're, when you're working with these, these substances, you get this sense that we're all connected, that we're all one. And then, then you, then you turn on the news and, and we're not behaving that way at all. Right. You right. know, it's yeah. like, we're totally disconnected. So part, part of your hope is, is to understand that connection and potentially inspire people to maybe wake up to it and, or to yeah. understand it and experience it in whatever, whatever path they get to to experience it, but it just somehow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, not, I don't think psychedelics are for everybody. I don't take the Leary approach that, you know, everybody yeah. should be taking them. Um, I think we all have our own paths and there's different ways to find this space and these, and these uh, kind of awakenings. So it doesn't have to be psychedelics. Yeah. Yeah. M many Although paths they are up nice. the mountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. And they can be, they can be fun. You know, there's a lot of, you know, semi elitist attitude of, you know, Oh, I'm doing this. I'm spiritual and I'm, you know, I'm getting enlightened <laughs> and every now and then some of it's just fun. You know, there's parts yeah. of it that are just interesting. And then, then later you discover, Hey, there was actually more than just fun happening. Exactly. Even though that's all I was trying. Yeah. Um, what, what else should we know about, uh, do you want to get out there about the film? What haven't I asked you about making the film, producing the film, anything other than the details? We'll talk about the details about the release sure. here in a second, but what, what else do you want to get out there that I haven't asked you? Well, I, I'm just excited to go sit down with some amazing minds again. I think one of the most amazing experiences yeah. of shooting the first film, we interviewed 50 amazing people across a lot of different disciplines from artists, people that were in the study. Um, and I felt like I had another degree out of just sitting down and having these interviews yes. uh, with 50 people. So opening up to some new folks and being able to kind of go out and have some new discussions and kind of pick apart. I'm very excited about that. And I'm really excited about being able to share that again with the world and the community and our audience, because we put out all of our original interviews that um, we used 1% of what we shot in the first film. So I was like, I can't let this other 99% just sit there. There's too much good content. Yeah. So much that needs to be explored. And, I, I think I, a lot of people really appreciated that, and I, and I can't wait to do that again on this, on this next go-round. I don't know if you can do this without insulting anybody, but is there, is there anybody <laughs> you're, you're particularly excited to, to be talking to? Hmm. Let's see here. <laughs> well, so there, I do want to pull in um, some AI hmm. philosophers, people that are discussing it, people that are researching it. Um, you know, I've got Neil deGrasse Tyson on there and Elon Musk and, and kind of like to pick their brains a little bit, too, yeah. on the fear that's going on behind this AI, because I, I think that is part of the that's that's really what gets us into a lot of the trouble as humans is that we act out of fear in many ways. Mm -hmm. We're not even aware that we're acting out of fear. And it, it's fascinating to me. Elon, for instance, um, having this, you know, talking about this apocalyptic uh, the machines will take right. over or whatever. Uh, yet he's developing the Neuralink, and so he's going, he's going straight <laughs> into the storm as he's fighting against it, and it's, right. it's human nature, and I, and I, I understand at least a little bit of that, but it's fascinating to me that that is kind of the microcosm of what we do as a species, that um, what is the fear around this whole thing, and, and the other, I guess, bigger piece is um, with that AI, quote-unquote AI, I don't like to, I think it, 
does it disservice to call it artificial? I, this is another big thing I'd like people to get out of this is computers are natural. Our cities are natural. We are dreaming these up in our heads. We are natural, <laughs> part of the right. universe. We're using natural elements to go build them. Um, and it's not that it's not natural or that we need to get back to nature. We are in nature. We're in the singularity. We're not going towards the singularity. We're living in the singularity. And so mm. understanding <clears throat> that life is no longer what it used to be and that that complexity and that change will continue to happen and continually speed up, at least from the perspective that we're in. So just kind of maybe changing some of the assumptions that we walk around with is the other kind of layer there of, mm whether it's AI or just kind of our day-to-day -day interactions with people, um, you know, questioning what, why you do some things or why we say something or why we treat somebody a particular way, even just some of those basic things and understanding that, that it's, it's impactful, even though we may not think it is. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. So I feel like, uh, like when they announced that Dune was going to come out, I feel like I had to yeah. wait forever and I was really impatient <laughs> and I didn't like <laughs> yeah. waiting. And now I'm feeling the same way over again. So when when is this thing going to <laughs> potentially land? How long do we have to, to wait for this? And what are your plans as far as release and distribution and those kind of things? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't want this to take five years like the first one uh, by any yeah. means. Um, we are, like I said, kind of in the early stages, but we have a lot of things in place. And so we're, we're doing some last poking around for some fundraising on a few places. But our goal is to start shooting in early 2022. Uh, we'd be shooting at several places around the world. And then um, I've been working with my animators for, for years, but for the last year, kind of developing some concepts and nice. sort of waiting to bring them on at the end. They're part of the development process, my editor as well. And um, so we should be able to kind of go out very strategic with our shoots. And um, we're hoping that by 2023 at the latest, um, we're going to have that thing ready to go. So we're looking about a year and a half. Nice. Like that. That, well, compared to five years, that's yeah. pretty fast. <laughs> it, feels, it feels much better. And, and part of what we're doing now is, is kind of getting back out and, and being able to have these discussions. And then we want to share basically our creative process and our, our research process with the community. It's, it's part of our, I hate the word marketing in many ways, but it's part mm -hmm. of our way to communicate and market and, and, and understand these ideas ourselves, but then share that in real time with the, the community out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's outstanding. Well, we're all very excited for this. And you're right, you know, watching even the first film, I felt like I got like a little mini master's degree, you <laughs> right know, on. and so I, the people you're going to talk to on this, it's like you're taking, taking all these concepts, uh, I don't want to say to the next level, it's almost like to the proper level, you know, with with this looking at reality and, and consciousness and mm -hmm. our, our internal connection to this larger thing that we all that we all experience. So I'm I'm very excited for this is any, any last thing you want to get out there before we wrap up? No, I, I would just say maybe uh, for anybody that's interested in blockchain and NFTs, we're, we're getting ready to release some in the next few months um, as part of our fundraising process um, and hopefully taking that NFT artwork to another level as well because we, we want to kind of stand out but also give some tools and some beautiful work to people that, um, that also is democratized so it's not just these big crypto whales that are coming in right. but also are, you know, normal people day to day that want to participate in this space. So also how, how do people yeah. find that? So that's going to be, we've launched a couple of new sites, uh, DMT NFT.com. Um, okay. Still kind of upgrading that site, but there should be some information there for starting point. And then within the next month, month and a half, we'll have some solid dates on the, on that release. 
Okay. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, Mitch, I, I'm really honored that you came on here. I'm super excited for this film. So thank you so much for everything you do for, for the world. And, and uh, I wish you the greatest of luck as you develop it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate having me on and, and being able to have the discussion. So. Awesome. Thank you. That concludes this edition of the Stoned Ape Reports. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Stoned Ape Comedy and subscribe to our newsletter at www.stonedapecomedy.com. Again, thanks for listening and catch you next time, Stoned Apes.